0: So reading from Galatians chapter 6 starting at verse 11. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. (coughs) Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law they want you to be circumcised, that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen.
1: I haven't warned Matthew, but uh, one or two of you might not know it, so come up and uh, oh, not an uh, interview. Not an interview, no. just uh, tell us. you uh, Yeah. What? your address so we can come for lunch afterwards uh your, your family sure. how long you've been at grace church and um, why we don't see you in the morning is it because you don't come to church or thanks oh fine okay hello everyone um i'm matthew i go to the 4:30 service oh, that's okay. far better than the <laughs>
0: that's how you win over your your exactly.
1: congregation just before. Uh, yeah, up um, we live in Lincoln Road, which is five minutes' walk down the road. Now I'm lazy in the morning, to the afternoons. Um, <laughs> and how long have you been at Grace Church? December 2015. Great. Um, you might notice there's a girl who sits over there. And does Transformers every week? That's my eldest daughter, Catherine. So we are represented here. Yeah. She's she great, she great. She's not. She's helping. Like, <laughs> she doesn't get <laughs> criticised. Uh, no, she's great. I'll let you. Uh, yeah. thank you <laughs> Lovely. Sorry, I always get in a jokey mood when I'm preaching. It's the nerves coming through. But it's great to see. It's lovely to see people I know. It's wonderful to see people I don't know as well. So do come and say hi after. That would be wonderful. Okay, an apology to Emily. There are loads of slides for this, aren't there? we have the first one? Great. Um, We've had Easter. We've all eaten too many Easter eggs, too much chocolate. Um, Galatians 5 seems months ago now, although it was probably only two weeks. Um, so we're wrapping up today, and the question was in my mind, and I thought I'd ask you the question a uh, rhetorical question, you don't need to shout it out. What was Galatians all about? Because when we go through a book, we want at the end of it to be able to think, not just, oh, well, that was good, but actually, what was that all about? So when we go back to Galatians again, we we know where we're at. Um, Or if an issue comes up, we think, ah, that's like Galatians. We'll go over there and find wisdom. Well, next slide, please. This is what Galatians is all about. The beginning, chapter 1, verse 6, Paul to the Galatians. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ, And are turning to a different gospel. Which is really no gospel at all. It's an appalling situation really in Galatians. They've become believers. They've seen Jesus. They know what the truth is. They've stepped into the grace of Christ. And as Paul puts it. You are so quickly deserting him. And as we get to this passage today paul is going to wrap things up and he's addressing this point and it's a really serious point this isn't just a small thing about the way you're living adjusting your lifestyle a bit this is about being saved from darkness brought into light and going back again and see that second verse This is what he thinks of it. If we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the true gospel, let them be under God's curse. Yeah, serious stuff here. Uh, Next slide, please. Sorry, I'll stop doing that. That sounds like some game show. But we do need the next slide, please. Um, Okay, verse 11. Put your eyes down there. You notice that Paul here starts to write. The way these letters mostly worked, Paul would dictate to somebody, somebody who had better handwriting probably, somebody who was experienced in writing would actually write out the letter as Paul was dictating. But he comes to the end of the letter, he often writes in his own hands the things he wants people to really get. And see, he's making the point here. I'm using these large letters. I am writing to you with my own hand. Listen to me. This is really important. And you can imagine one of the commentators, why is he he going about the large letters? Well, maybe, imagine this is Galatians. The letter comes A letter comes to the church. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? You're actually in a church where a letter comes to you. It's Paul's letter to you. We have it all in our Bible. It's very handy. The letter turns up. Somebody stands up and they read out the letter and everyone's listening. And if you hold up the letter, can you read any of that? No. But if you hold up this bit, this is Paul's bit at the end. Can we read that? What does that say? Shout it out, Joe.
0: The cross, the new creation, no more,
1: no less. Excellent. That's the sermon today. But you see, (laughs) this is Paul's large letters, the things he really wants them to know, the things he wants them to get. So when you go back to Galatians in a month's time, you remember, hang on, that was all about no more than Jesus. Don't add stuff, don't take stuff away, go with Jesus. Okay, a quick recap. This gospel changed everything changed it for the jews look at the first section there 215 the jews by birth like paul realized they couldn't be right with god through keeping the law they couldn't keep it they couldn't be right with god through circumcision through the sacrifices of the temple through trying to follow the ten commandments or all those other laws they could only be right with god because jesus came and they put their faith in jesus Then the second quote, chapter 3, verse 14. Because of this, because Jesus has come, the Gentiles too can come to Christ Jesus and by faith receive the Spirit, by faith be made new and be God's people. And they got that. If you like, Paul came and said, Very simply, will you repent of your sin? All those things you thought made you right with God, but didn't. And will you put your faith in Jesus? And they said, yes. And a church started and churches grew all over that area. In a sense, very straightforward, excellent news. Okay. Now, how how has Paul now explained this to the Galatians? There's a diagram coming. This is, I'm not very good at graphic design, okay? You won't give me a job in that. Which way around are you? This lot on the left, imagine for a moment, imagine this is the Galatian church, imagine this is the pagan world, the Jewish world, unbelievable. You're not, but imagine, right? You guys over here are stuck in a world where you are slaves to sin and evil where you are lawbreakers, where you're under God's curse, and where you're facing eternal death. That's pretty grim, isn't it? Yeah. That is the world outside of the church today. That is the state of play for all of mankind without Jesus. Okay, and yeah, that's why it's dark. Okay, Jesus came. I could do this thing with a cross, but I won't. Um, Jesus came. He came to the cross. We've seen that at Easter. He was crucified. He made a way to this new world over here, where you're free, where you're children of God, where you're led by the spirit, where you're enjoying eternal life. Repentance and faith. You were looking this way. You were enjoying being over here. You thought it was great. The gospel came and showed you it was foolishness. It was wickedness. It was stupid. It would end destruction. And you turned around over here, which is where Jesus is king, which is where everything is being made new and where everything will last forever in perfection and glory. And that was wonderful. And Galatians is all about the difference between being over here under the law, trying to make it your own way somehow, and being over here, brought to life by God, relying on Jesus, not relying on yourself. Okay. Now, what was the, what was the Galatians' problem in the letter? I think there's a, maybe a verse for this. The problem was this group came preaching circumcision. And if you look at the diagram, and I haven't put it down, circumcision belongs over here with under the law, where the lawbreakers are, where people are cursed. It doesn't belong over here, where people are free and are children of God and are blessed. But there is this group trying to find a middle way, trying to straddle life, but keep a piece of death. Following Jesus and him only and doing a bit by yourself doing a bit of relying on yourself. Sorry, I keep looking over here when it's sort of heaven and looking over here when it's hell, and I don't really mean to. I should stop doing that. Um, Now, this was easy for the Jews, actually. I think we do have a slide for this. There we go. It's easy to think you can contribute something when you have Abraham as your great, 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 great grandfather. When you have Moses as your prophet who met with God at Mount Sinai. When you have your holy scriptures of 39 books and 600,000 words and 600 plus laws. When you have Pharisees and teachers telling you this is the way to follow. This is God's way. When there is a temple in Jerusalem which is glorious and where sacrifices happen. And where you have circumcision which marks out. The men among you as different as cut off the world. But actually, I don't imagine anyone here, any men here, particularly want to be circumcised. But there is something about all of us that likes to mark out that somehow we are special, somehow we are good enough for God. All of us, even as believers it's hard sometimes to think actually i am not special i am not right i am not impressive god does not look down from heaven and say oh look there's matthew gill isn't he wonderful in himself there's sam isn't he wonderful he can only do that because he looks at jesus he looks through jesus and he looks at jesus in me I've, i've got nothing of myself which is impressive And right for for God. But there's part of me that wants that to be true. There's part of me that wants to be able to show God that I'm something. And that's true for you here as well. I'm not picking on myself. Because I know it's true for every single person in this room. And actually the only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is not. Christians are not proud. Christians are not sinful is realising that we are proud, that we are simple, that we don't deserve anything, and that we need Jesus. So we all have this temptation to try and stand in the middle with righteousness on our left hand, but back in the world on our right hand. And that is deadly. Do you remember what Paul said earlier in the letter? Let's see if I can find it. Um... Chapter five, verse two, find it there for yourselves. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value. If you try and straddle righteousness with Jesus and the world and trying to impress God, it can be absolutely disastrous. So that's why Paul writes this section. And that's why he makes three points now. And they'll come up and then I'll speed up about why Jesus and the cross is the only way and why you need to keep on your life over here with Jesus and not over there in the world. Those are the three points. I won't read them out. Point one. Okay. We don't belong to the world because of the cross of Christ. Look at verse 14 and 15. The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Okay. Circumcision was a big deal back then. Paul is saying that is irrelevant. (laughs) Uncircumcision, that's irrelevant too. What about the world? Well, it's like the world is there, and I'm over here, and right in the middle stands the cross, I am crucified to that world. And if you think what crucifixion was all about, putting someone to death, condemning them, saying, this person does not belong here. He is not part of us. We are simply punishing him, getting rid of him. Then if we are crucified to the world, the world is dead to us. And there is one thing that counts, the new creation. Everything that Jesus has made Everything over here, which is Jesus, eternal life, forgiveness of sins, faith, not the world over here. You are completely dead to it, Paul says. Now, we said that the circumcisers had things that look good. Christian, Paul said, you have so much more. You have freedom. You have peace with God. You have adoption as sons and daughters. You have an inheritance in heaven. You have the spirit living within you. And most of all, you have Jesus. That is your status here this morning as a believer. That's what you have. That's what you're looking forward to. That's what you're enjoying now as part of this new world. Do you want to go back to the old world? Is it worth it? Does it count anything against that? Everything that matters, everything that lasts, comes through faith in Jesus, following him, this new creation. Nothing else counts. We are the new creation in Christ. We are the Israel of God, verse 16. He hasn't mentioned the name Israel at all in this letter. Here he says it, we are the Israel of God. There's a bunch over there who think we've got all this history, all these laws, We're God's people. And Paul says, no, you wouldn't follow Jesus, would you? And there is a new people here with faith in Jesus. They are the ones who will last. They are God's children. Be those people. Now, in this case, in those days, this voice for circumcision, the Jewish laws, come back to this, it looks like you're impressive not really that for us is it but it's career it's studies it's sport it's comfort it's relationships there's a lot of things in the old world calling us saying come on back it's worth it and Paul is saying no it's not worth it you are dead to all of that don't ever go back don't ever go back like somebody who's just got into the lifeboat on the Titanic. Imagine that. The big ship has hit an iceberg. It's gonna sink soon. It's tilting and tilting. They've let the lifeboat say, you're one of the lucky ones. I think only about a third or less got out alive. And you're in the lifeboat. The ship is going down. Are you going to get out of the lifeboat and go back and listen to the band because you thought the music was so wonderful? You know, the band that played on as the ship went down. Do you go back on board deck to listen to that as the ship goes into the world? Of course you don't. You stay on the lifeboat. You hope it gets down as quickly as it can and sails away so you're safe. Don't ever go back to the world. There are people I know who were firm believers who went back to the world. And now Jesus is nothing to them. And Paul says to us today, don't ever do that. You are dead to that. Stay dead to that. Don't be tempted by that. And so my questions on there, I won't go through them. Just have a look for a minute. The source, maybe there's one there that would be worth you thinking about. How are we dealing with the world is it dead to us are we flirting with it okay maybe take one of those think about this week point two we can't appease the world and preach the cross of christ there's a reason paul has not explained the reason before but now he talks about the reason for the circumcision group saying go on be circumcised It's not just that they think the Jewish law is sort of impressive and looks good. It's also because they don't want to be persecuted. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a little bit complicated, but the logic seems to be like this. You have Galatian Christians. Let's have them over here this time. Mm -hmm. okay? Believers, free in Christ. Over this side, you have other people who are looking in. They are ready and waiting to persecute the church. Read the book of Acts, find out what happens. You know, Paul goes to the synagogue, preaches there for a while until he gets thrown out. He goes to a town until he's nearly stoned to death, or has to be let down over the wall in a basket because he's not safe. There are Jewish leaders out there ready to persecute the church. There may also be Roman authorities waiting to persecute this group, that refuses to bow to Caesar and to perform sacrifices to Caesar. It doesn't say here, we're not really sure. But either way, if you stand in the middle, and if you allow yourself to be circumcised, you look a bit like a Jew then. And Jews were tolerated by the Romans, and Jews were, of course, welcomed by the Jewish leaders. So you wouldn't be persecuted. But remember what Paul said? If you do that, you lose everything. You're going back again to the realm of death. You're going back again to relying on yourself. It's like, okay, <clears throat> way around. we're also over here, including circumcision and the Jewish, just trying to keep the Jewish laws to be safe. I repent of all that. I turn over here. Okay, repentance. What is circumcision now? It's going back here. It's sort of anti-repentance. It's going back to death when you repented of death and gone into life. Because you wanted to appease the world, you didn't want to be persecuted. Yeah. We cannot make the world of unbelief happy with the gospel and happy with who we are as believers and keep the cross of Christ. It is intrinsically offensive, because the gospel says to people, you're not worth it. You're not right. You need to repent. You cannot save yourself. You need to cry out to Jesus for mercy. And you know intrinsically people hate that. They want to be okay. They want to make their own way. We all wanted to, didn't we? But we realized we couldn't. It's always offensive, but the church can try. Next slide, please. This is the Methodist church approach in terms of sexuality and marriage. See the bold bit there. Two ways of thinking about marriage, one of which is traditional man and woman, the other which is anyone you like. How can that Methodist pastor who conducts same-sex marriages stand up also and preach a gospel and speak of words from the scriptures which say that homosexual behavior is wrong and call people to repentance? How can he do that? How could she do that? You can't, can you? How can the Galatian Christian who's just been circumcised say to the Jewish people in his town, you know what, circumcision... Keeping the Jewish law isn't good enough. You need to turn to Jesus when he's just been circumcised to show that actually that was a good thing. Maybe there was enough. Next one, please. Rob Bell used to be a big name about 10 plus years ago. Anyone here ever had encountered the emerging church? It used to be a thing. I'm not sure it is now. He wrote a book which basically said, Don't worry about hell. Don't worry about people in eternal conscious torment because in the end, God will save everybody. And if they're not saved in this life, in the next life, even when they're being punished, God will give them the opportunity there to repent. They'll realize they were wrong and they will all come flooding back into heaven after death. That was his model. Now, how can Rob Bell warn people to flee for self to Jesus in this life? Why would you bother? You may as well just wait and see what happens. And if you've got it wrong, oh, well, I'll do it then. You can't give up on the gospel. You can't do something just to appease people now and expect the gospel to work and save people. now. It just doesn't work. But again, we can, and I can very easily do that. So here's some questions for us. There is stuff which can be difficult about the Christian faith. It is difficult if you're the only believer in your family. It's more than difficult. And you think about your loved ones if they're not saved. Yeah, gut-wrenching, isn't it? It is difficult to think of a world out there knowing that God is all powerful, but he doesn't seem to be saving billions of people, does he? He doesn't seem to be taking away all the evil in the world now. It can be difficult. But don't give up on the truth of the gospel. Don't try and make it palatable. It's disastrous. Okay, point three. Nearly done. Point three is basically point one or two. Looked at my different angle. If you appease the world, you lose the cross. If you keep the cross, you can change the world. Okay? That's why it really matters. The only thing that changes this world in the end is the cross of Jesus. However offensive it first appears to people, however difficult it is for people however much you might need to grief from people it is the only thing that can change the world and so we must we must we must keep living by the cross we need to do that ourselves it's no good me preaching here about going out to the world out there if i'm not living by the cross myself if i'm not taking temptation and saying, Jesus died for that sort of sin, why are you flirting with it? <coughs> it's no good me treating other believers badly and thinking, "Well oh, whatever, when Jesus loves them with an everlasting love, is it? It's no good drifting through life, feeling like life is going okay, without being thankful every day to God who gave us life, and gives us everything. If I lose the cross in my own life, how can I share it with others? Start with yourself. Then look around in the church. Go on, look around you. Look at the people here. Brothers and sisters, one in Christ now and forever. And Jesus says to us this morning, I went to the cross for you, but not just you. For him, for her, for them, for that other faithful church down the road, for all my people. I died for them. I brought them together. I made them one. And so I ask myself and you ask each other or yourselves, how can I serve God's people here? How can I serve you today because you are my sister or brother in Christ? That's what the cross says to us. And then, of course, the cross says there's no change to the world without God the message of Jesus. Jesus Christ crucified the sins. Jesus Christ giving forgiveness and a new start. Jesus Christ offering life eternally and glorious that will last forever, that will be better than anything we have ever experienced. Jesus Christ living with us right now by his Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ able to change the hardest person. I don't know how hard you were to the gospel. Some of you may not have been. You grew up in Christian homes. It always sort of made sense. Some of you may have been raging unbelievers who hated the idea. But Jesus changed your heart and mind. He can change the world. The message of the cross is changing the world. And we're on mission with that gospel. Let's not lose it. Let's keep hold of it. Let's pray for grace to go on relying on the cross and living out the cross. That's how the world
0: changes. Amen.